Lead Time is a weekly dose of leadership insights and interviews from Tim Allman and Jake Bessling. Lead Time is for any leader living in a busy world looking to be inspired, equipped, and empowered to lead others to their fullest potential. This is Lead Time. Welcome to Lead Time. So excited to have you listening or watching. I am Jake. This is Tim. We are both pastors in a local church, and uh, we love to learn. Leaders are learners, and you're a leader. You love to learn as well, and you believe that eternities are changed when a leader chooses to grow. Now, bro, you have been learning for the past six years out of Denver Seminary, and you're about to defend your thesis and then become Dr. Timothy Paul Amen. How do you feel? I mean, not no no different. I've loved the research. I've loved the journey. <laughs> Still, just tip. And I, you know, you go into these learning journeys as like, I don't care about that. I just want to be in a community of people that that want to learn. Yeah. Yeah, but so nice to be on the back end. Well, of for real, blessing people with the research. So ten percent get to of doctorate students. Of doctorate students actually get to the point of uh, defending and then and then finishing. as they say finishing and being hooded or whatever. That's so I I'm, I am proud. Yeah, it's a big of, accomplishment. of getting that Stay point in because the course. you you about 2 years ago, I was on the front end of some of this research and I just said hit a wall. You know, you're trying to be a good husband, father and pastor and leader and blah blah blah. And I was like, dude, I don't I don't know. And I remember the car ride, dude. It was a seminal moment. And you said just do it. Just do it. So thanks for encouraging me. I thought I said man. quit. No, I said just do it. <laughs> and you did it. And that's awesome. So we're here in the next 15 to 20 minutes or so just to tell you a little bit more about uh, Tim's research. And so why why go to this extent? What really motivated you? We'll start with why to study the collaboration of mission within pastors yeah. in the Lutheran Church of Missouri Synod. And you really got granular with our circuit locally and a couple pastors within the circuit. Yeah, for sure. Why? So the why is, this is the research problem, is pastors should, leaders should collaborate in mission. But unfortunately, the hypothesis was validated by the research. Mm. By and large, apart from different case study anecdotal kind of stories by and large pastors are mostly isolated mm, sad our our relationships with one another are very surface level you're going to see in some of the research we we trust one another but it doesn't lead toward collaborating to expand the kingdom of God, building a team type of an atmosphere in a, in a circuit. In the LCMS, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, we have things called circuits. So it's anywhere from five to 10 congregations. We're not going on mission together. So I've just seen that. I've experienced it. I'm coming to circuit meetings. Sometimes there's a weird vibe there. Maybe it's because there's comparison, competition, or they just don't normally operate we operate as as lone rangers and so when even churches and pastors come together consistently there's little fruit that is produced out of those gatherings outside of and this is fruitful don't get me wrong but time in the word collegiality being built but toward what end so that lost people are found that that doesn't always very infrequently happen so that's yeah, so that's the why how, so yeah and reading a lot of different books and and really getting to understand that culture, not just our circuit, but other circuits. Yeah. What are some of the results, survey findings um, along the way that you're just like, boom, any big ahas? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so to and- summarize, circuit meetings are happening. 
So pastors are getting together are okay. monthly. I think it was around the average gathering of a pastor was they're there nine out of the 12 months. They're meeting nine times. In the LCMS. In the LCMS, the they're, meeting, they're meeting nine times. And the vast majority, so we, we ask questions like no trust or like high trust. The vast majority, um, it was like 95% of pastors say, I trust or highly trust the pastors in my in my circuit. So that was that was fantastic. And then we asked questions like, um, "Do you desire to collaborate in mission?" And we kind of set in the survey findings. We kind of told them in the LCMS handbook. Who reads it? It says that forums, circuit forums, and circuit convocations are supposed to happen. And at the circuit forum, which we're getting ready to have upcoming, which is where a lay leader, a non-ordained person comes and you you vote for who's going to be the pastoral and lay delegate at the circuit or the district convention, which happens every three years, or for the synodical convention happens every three years. Those are the only reasons Voting, why, voting for why a forum is called where lay leaders are brought in. And so we told them, you know, circuit forums are supposed to be way more than that. It's supposed to be a time for encouragement, bringing outside voices from lay leaders uh, into, and, the, and into that, the conversation. And that research, though, the big aha that I yeah. saw from you was that in the synod handbook, right? that was supposed to be so much more about missions. So yeah, we told the pastors. I, most pastors don't even know that this right. is there. We didn't know and it. And then we asked- is this is this happening? Are, are forums and convocations uh, leading toward collaborative mission, new starts, et cetera? Is it happening? And and here's here's what the survey found: is they're like, we think that's a good idea. We would like for it to happen. Why? Why? I mean, why wouldn't we? That's why we got into this because people want to know Jesus. But there's a wide gap, and this is what the Harrison Behavioral Assessment Tool is going to see too. There's a wide gap for a lot of pastors and churches between intention and execution, intention and execution. So it sounds like a good idea, but no one, like the pastors have not been trained, circuit visitors necessarily haven't been trained to wait, it's not the culture, to move through towards something tangible, new starts to reach new people with the gospel of Jesus. That's not that's not in our DNA right now. And it, it appears sad too, because as we looked at Newman's book mm-hmm. um, about the multiplication of the church, the gospel DNA yeah. and the history of the LCMS, that was the case. Yes, it was. Where the culture was about multiplication, reproducing, um, multi-ethnic, yep. multicultural. Yep. Um, and then we've we've lost that. Yeah, you can go back to an episode from about a year ago here on Lead Time where we gave that story of the LCMS. We had a sermon series where we talked about it. There were people called traveling circuit riders or book agents or evangelists. We had all these different titles for non-ordained people who were not called to just go and plant and stay. This is an evangelist role. They were called to go plant a church identify the shepherd of that community, and then go start elsewhere. Uh, so this, uh, if you're in the Christ Greenfield community, if you're, especially if you're outside of it, and you've heard us talk about the Unite Leadership Collective, this research, the product or the byproduct of this research was starting uh, the ULC. We're bringing cohorts of congregations together to learn and to go on mission, which should be happening in the circuit, doesn't happen consistently. Uh, We wanna learn some best practices from one another. We're better together. And then we wanna have a certification route 
which unfortunately in 2016, the LCMS made a statement that lay leadership, licensed lay deacons were no longer going to be certified. Deacons could become pastors if they if they wanted to. And it just broadened this gap between pastors and then kind of everybody, everybody else. But at the heart of our story, why we were planting so many churches, one church every two day for two different seasons in our church body's history, it's because there were a lot of different leaders wearing a lot of different hats. And our entrepreneurial and creativity uh, quotient was off, off the charts. So the ULC wants to raise up shepherds and uh, executive type directors, those who move intention to execution. We wanna raise up evangelists, the kingdom-minded entrepreneurs who are going into unreached people groups to start new churches, start new ministries, and then go do it again, raise up raise up leaders there. So yeah, that's the ULC has been driven by a lot of this research, Jake. And we, we can go, we can learn from the past and then create a, a brand new future by the power of the spirit. Yeah, I mean, I would. I'm a pastor. I'm 38, uh, or about to be 38. What, what did the findings and recommendations? Let's go to that if you don't mind, because I love to go. You know, there. I'm kind of like, if I was in a circuit and, I, and I'm in a great one, I was struggling, I was isolated, but I had a desire for collaboration and mission. Um, what would the recommendations based on the research be to someone like myself? So as, as we get there, let me just give a, a quick summary of the Harrison Behavioral Assessment Tool. Um, we use that tool to identify the essential, desirable, and the traits to avoid for pastors who collaborate in mission. We built a, a profile. This was kind of the heart of the research. We built a profile around the types of characteristics that those, those pastors need. Here's, here's what we found is that uh, there were five essential traits, and we're not going to go into them all right now, but they were like manage stress well or, or mindful courage or uh, systematic, okay? There was not one pastor of uh, the 33 who went through the Harrison assessment that scored above average on all of those essential traits. Not one. Not, not one. And, and that's really to be expected. Uh, I was not anticipating that they'd be like off the charts. There were a couple pastors that you're like, okay, this pastor has this skill set. They're approaching average, and in these kind of execution-oriented traits, they're they're above average. The recommendation would be that you could run through the Harrison Behavioral Assessment. You could look at where your strengths are found collectively, and then you could make some strategic decisions about maybe who should be the circuit visitor, is what we call them, or the circuit leader in, mm-hmm. in mission. Because um, you want that role to be yeah, also execution-based if you want to strive for mission. Yeah. Because it's going to take a lot of time. How do you get the, all of the churches in that area to work together? Exactly. The Harrison Behavioral Assessment says that if you do, it, it works off of two theories. The first one's called performance enjoyment theory, performance enjoyment theory, which says if you do what you like to do, 75% of the time or more, you are five times more productive and effective. Makes sense. So think about it. A, a pastor went into the ministry because they love people. They, a lot of them love to read. They really love to communicate the gospel. All good things. All good things. All good things. And and there's other things that the body of Christ could be could be rounding out. So you could run through the the essential traits profile, which we put together, and then say, let's let's identify a few execution oriented, maybe business leaders in our church, and and see if see where they kind of stack up. 
And maybe one of your first hires, say you're starting a new ministry, this is one of the recommendations, you're starting a new ministry, one of your first hires is probably to bring that guy or gal onto your team before you'd probably have uh, someone with more of the soft relational skills. Uh, what we see in, in the findings too is that pastors tend toward more passive traits, they're more relational, and the dynamic uh, or or kind of robust traits like being frank or systematic. A lot of a lot of pastors and and spiritual leaders just don't don't have those. Here's the thing about behavioral traits too: you can grow, you can improve, you can take this test. They actually say every two years and say, "Man, I've made I've made progress to become a little bit more more balanced." Um, and so, yeah, those are those are some of the recommendations. If a let's go to the circuit. If a circuit pastor, leader, circuit visitor is, you know, maybe a little bit weaker. You don't, you, you run through a profile like this and you're like, well, yeah, we all tend toward more of the passive relational traits. You could make the decision to bring someone to your meeting, bring a business-minded leader to your meeting uh, to help you move from intention to execution because it's very, very uh, rare. I have an effective intervention strategy uh, for pastors, you're going to need more pastoral coaching. You want to you want to identify highly qualified circuit visitors, and you can use the Harrison Behavioral Assessment Tool for that. Just contact me. You can then identify strategic and systematic lay leaders in your church, and to maybe bring to your circuit leadership team. And then you can use the Harrison uh, Behavioral Assessment Tool to identify. And this is where it's probably going to be used the most to identify future pastors or evangelists, we're going to use it in the ULC, who can uh, who can move from intention to execution. Yeah, I, the point before that, I just saw that you said, due to the importance of this position and its duties, this role of business director or mm-hmm. executive director mm-hmm. <clears throat> could be filled in your church, most needed before you would go to a DCE or a yeah. second pastor. I think a lot of times you just think about story. ministry mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and we think about hiring the DCE, hiring the associate pastor, ministry, but this is ministry and needed to yeah. execute. Yeah, so Jack Kalberg is the director of finance and operations here at Christ Greenfield. He's going through the ULC to be formally trained. He wants to be rounded out theologically. He recognizes he is a minister of the gospel. I remember telling him that early on, dude, you are a minister of the gospel. You're just not the business manager over in the corner, crunching numbers, all that kind of stuff. The the experience that people have with you and I, Jake, it needs to be the same with, with Jack. And he totally, totally got that. But here's what's kind of offensive to a Jack right now in the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod culture, is he cannot be colloquized or rostered. He's not even seen as a minister of the gospel. I mean, that, that's insane. Sad. So sad. Uh, he, he's a first article reality leader. For those of you who don't know, that means that God has created systems and structures. He's a God of order, and he's helping bring out of the chaos order to the missional movement of Jesus here at Christ Greenfield. He, You are, Jack, a, uh, a minister of the gospel, but in our culture, we've only had those passive kind of relational people seen as, as ministers. Let's just go here to close. How strategic was Jesus? How mission forward was Jesus? He bounces into heaven. You're going to do greater things. And the 12 moved to the four corners of the world, starting churches, starting churches, multiplying disciples. They were super. And you look at the book of Acts, it's crazy execution oriented. 
The reference is the numbers of followers of Jesus. There's accountability uh, toward the mission of of Christ. But but right now, unfortunately, in our context, and I'm praying, Jake, we're praying that out of COVID, more pastors are saying, oh my goodness, the mission hasn't changed. More people need Jesus. But man, the methods, like if you've been married to the methods the way we've always done church, we're struggling right now. We're only married to the mission. We're not married to the methods. And so the ULC is being set up uh, as a new method to identify leaders who move from intention to execution. Amen. Well, thank you, brother, for going on this journey, having that desire, Thanks doing putting the up work. With me, dude. You can tell I get pretty passionate about this. but And yeah. sticking with it. Yeah, so we will continue to share this research and this story for years to come. And may it now mobilize you to do something about it to be at your local church, to help out, to care if you're a lay, a lay leader, to say, hey, I have these gifts and passions. I need to contact the ULC with the help of my church to get training because I'm a business-oriented person. And I, I'm kind of tired of going to these meetings and not getting anywhere, but I could use those gifts in a mighty way. The reason the research took a long time too is because I had to become a certified Harrison assessment a debriefer is what they call yeah, they call me. So if that. you are a pastor or a leader that just want to work on self-awareness, it's a 20-minute tool, and then I'd love to spend a good hour or so with you afterwards to apply it to your local context. Reach out to the ULC, uh, uniteleadership.org. Our website is up and live right now, uniteleadership.org. Uh, check out all the different things that we're about right now and cannot wait to see you grow and elevate your thinking and move from intention to execution. Jesus Brains. Thanks for doing this. Amen. That was awesome. Yeah, this is good. Like, doctor, peace out. Share doctor. it. Share it. Share it. Peace. <laughs> you have been listening to Lead Time with Tim and Jake. Please subscribe at cglchurch.org slash lead time. Thanks for listening. Tune in next Friday for another episode.